Welcome to the CWA podcast series on successful dental partnership transitions. This will be a series of three separate podcasts. Our second series will help understand when you are ready to hire an associate and cover both the employment phase and at-risk phase of an associate. CWA has been helping dental professionals with successful dental partnerships since 1984. We look forward to helping you answer any questions you may have from this podcast series. You may also contact us through our website, www.canewaters.com, or by phone at 972-233-3323. In the first series, we looked at how both the buyer and seller benefit financially and the economic summary of the partnership process. The next step is determining when a seller is actually ready to begin hiring an associate, and then once you hire that person, how are you going to pay them prior to them becoming an owner? So the most important calculation for the seller in determining this is to know what we refer to as your break-even. Your break-even is the monthly collections that your practice must collect in order for you to meet all of your own personal financial goals. If you are not meeting your own financial goals or the cash flow of your practice does not allow that, then hiring an associate is probably going to be very difficult on you financially. So you will need to first take a look at what you would need to change in your own practice overhead or your own personal life in order to create the ability to be working within your break-even before hiring someone. So I want to walk you through how a break-even is calculated and I want to reference you to the practice transition toolbook for our break-even calculator. So our first step in determining this is we have to figure what type of costs we have on a monthly basis. We have to first look at what are the fixed costs in the practice. As we discussed in the first series, your fixed costs are similar from month to month and year to year. So you can look back at your practice and determine how much your monthly fixed costs are on a monthly or annual basis and they don't change as your production begins to increase. We will assume in this example that our monthly fixed costs are $20,000 or $240,000 on an annual basis. Step number two is to figure what are the owner costs in my practice? What is the salary cost? What is the pension? What are the perks? What are the other items that the owner doctor must have to meet their personal financial goals? That should be a fixed number each month or a fixed number on an annual basis. We want to make the assumption in this example that the owner needs to net $35,000 a month to cover their salary, taxes, savings, and all the things necessary to make their personal financial life work. That would be $420,000 on an annual basis. So now we will need to add our step one and step two together for a total of $660,000 of total monthly costs. We now need to take those monthly costs and determine how much I needed to collect in the overall practice so that I can net $660,000 to cover the monthly costs. We do this by determining step number three, which is to determine our profit margin. Our profit margin is determined by taking 100% and subtracting our direct cost percentage. Remembering from the first podcast series, our direct costs vary with production, so we can't just add them up each month to determine a fixed amount. We have to divide by our profit margin to understand how our collections are increased to cover those expenses. So in a typical dental practice, those will run 40%. So in this example, we will assume 100 minus 40% for direct costs will be 60% profit margin. So every dollar that this practice collects, 40% of it is used to cover salaries, lab, dental, and office supplies, which leaves 60% left over to cover our fixed costs and our owner fixed costs. So step number four is to take the $660,000 
annual cost and divide it by our profit margin of 60% to determine that the break-even for this practice is $1.1 million. This is an extremely important number for a doctor to understand in their practice so that they know exactly what their practice must do in order to meet their financial goals. Without this, you can't begin the process of looking for a buying doctor to join your practice. Additionally, at CWA, we also look for certain conditions for practice minimums that help to increase the success of a dental transition. These would include certain things such as net production of 1 million to 1.2 million depending on the type of office and where it may be located. A net profit to the doctors of 40% including perks and pension and debt service. New patients of 25 to 35 per month. An office that is not out of date on equipment and decor. Each one of these things are the major items that are paramount in helping you attract the best candidates. So now that you've determined your practice is meeting these certain minimum conditions, you know where your break-even is and you're working above that so you have the profitability to be able to hire someone and help grow your practice, it's now time to start the selection process. The selection process can at times be the scariest part of the partnership because you're looking for someone to join your practice, become a partner, and now work with you for many, many years as a partner in your office. So you have to make sure that you find the right type of person. Before beginning the interview process, CWA recommends the selling doctor write down the type of buyer you believe will be successful in your practice and the conditions of satisfaction for the buyer once you have found the right person. The most important traits that CWA has identified working with associates and through our work with different consultants are one, the buying doctor's values, their work ethics, their dedication to their service, Number two, their interpersonal skills, their communication ability with patients and staff. Number three, their work style. Are they meticulous? Are they good at doing the dentistry? And number four, their motivational factors. Are they willing to help grow? Do they do things outside of nine to five? All these four factors are very important in determining which type of buyer will be successful in your practice. After determining which traits you feel are most important for the person that you would be hiring, you can then begin to work on a list of what we refer to as the conditions of satisfaction. You can refer to the Practice Transition Toolbook for a conversation piece and how to start your list of conditions of satisfaction. These are items such as continuing education, leadership or soft skills, the marketing of the practice, their office administration responsibilities. All these help build the associate doctor outside of their production because we all know running a dental practice is much more than just doing the dental production. There is the being the owner of the practice also that is just as important as all of the production that is being done in the office. Lastly, the final part of the selection process, CWA recommends personality testing on both the buyer and seller to help you understand each other and how you will work better together. The personality testing can sometimes identify whether it is a good idea for you to hire this associate or that you will not be able to work with this associate. And it's very important to understand this before hiring the most expensive person that you've ever hired in your dental practice. Once all of these things are done, you've determined the traits, you've determined the conditions of satisfaction, you've had the personality testing, you're now ready to hire the person. So what's next? How much do I pay them? How do I pay them? And how do I get them to the buy-in phase of the partnership? So at CWA, we have two phases prior to the partnership buy-in phase, and those are represented by what we refer to as the employee phase and the at-risk phase. We're going to first discuss the employee phase. In the employee phase, 
which is typically the first year that the buying doctor has joined your practice, we recommend you pay a fixed salary not tied to production. This allows the seller and the buyer certain advantages that paying someone strictly based on a commission base does not allow. Number one, this allows you to set goals to build production for the buying doctor. Number two, it begins to allow you to learn how to work together without worrying where the production is in the office immediately. It allows the seller to understand the work ethic of the buyer and their ability to be able to do dentistry in their practice. And lastly, it allows the buyer to learn office systems without the stress of producing to meet income needs. Typically, a buyer will come out of school, they will have dental school loan debt, they will need their rent, they will be looking to buy a home, and with hiring someone in your practice and not knowing where your practice is willing to grow to in the very beginning, it's important to have some type of fixed salary that the doctor can join your practice, mentor under you, and grow into building their production and at the same time be able to meet their monthly expenses. The employee phase will typically last for approximately 12 months. You will have a contract drafted that discusses their work hours, their pay, and their expectations. We'll have a covenant not to compete in it. But in reality, what you're really trying to learn is how you work with this person, how are you going to be able to mentor with this person, how the practice is growing, and see how they interact with your patients and your staff. It's kind of like the beginning phase of dating. You're not trying to learn everything in this first phase, but you're trying to learn the major items of how you're going to work together and the interaction between both of the doctors, the staff, and the patients. The CWA Practice Transition Seminar is a two-day event that takes a deep dive into the concepts touched on in this podcast. We also bring in attorneys and consultants that specialize in dental practice transitions and look at all aspects of buying and selling a practice to put you in the best position for a successful transition. Get $500 off your ticket by using the promo code found in the Practice Transition Toolbook at canewaters.com pts. That's canewaters.com pts to get your promo code for $500 off one CWA Practice Transition Seminar. Certain restrictions apply. As the employee phase continues over the 12 months, the goals for the associate doctor begin to increase and the production for the associate doctor will begin to increase. As this happens, you want to be able to move the doctor to what we refer to as an at-risk phase, where their compensation is based more off of their production than it is a fixed salary. So under this phase, the buying doctor will give up the fixed salary and they will move to a phase where they will pay for certain expenses in the office, but get paid a higher amount, which will be some percentage of their production. We refer to this as the at-risk phase. The at-risk phase is a time period the buyer's production has been increasing, and they should begin to be rewarded for contributing to the office production at a higher level. Typically, a new contract, one year is typical, is drafted, removing the guaranteed salary and creating a pay system where the buyer is paying their share of direct costs in the office, creating a sense of ownership. We don't want to pay them just a flat percentage on their production because that doesn't create a sense of ownership in the practice. Because you know owning a dental practice is more than saying, oh, I received 35% of my production this week as profit. I received 40% of my production this month as profit. You want to make sure that they're understanding how expenses and how each doctor's production in a particular month can 
cause profitability to rise or lower. So in the practice transition toolbook, there is a at-risk calculator so that as we walk through this calculation, you can see how it is calculated and you can also go back and calculate this in your own practice. So let's walk through how this calculation is done. The first thing you need to understand is that we look at production ratios. In a dental practice, it's fairly easy to track a production procedure that's done by each doctor in hygiene to those specific profit centers or doctors. It's much harder to take collections and allocate it to each doctor because someone may be paying a check that covers hygiene and production that maybe one doctor did a composite and another doctor did a crown and bridge on that person. So we take the collections of the office and they're allocated to each one of the production's ratios, each doctor and hygiene, based on their ratio to each other. Production ratios are determined in the following manner. At the end of each month, the total production for each doctor is determined and the total production for hygiene is determined and a percentage is calculated at their pro rata based on what happened for that month. So let's look at an example and assume that a selling doctor produced 56,000, a buying doctor produced 28,000, and hygiene produced 41,000. That would be total production of 125,000. So the selling doctor would have produced 44.8%, the buying doctor would have produced 22.4%, and hygiene doctor would have produced 32.8%. We also want to understand the production of just the doctors to each other, excluding hygiene. So in this example, we would have the selling doctor producing 56,000 and the buying doctor producing 28,000, which is total doctor production of 84,000, meaning the selling doctor produced 67% and the buying doctor produced 33%. Step two is then to understand what costs are allocated and how collections are allocated to each doctor. You first need to understand that as an owner of a business, you are responsible for the fixed cost of the practice. Remember, the fixed cost of the rent, utilities, advertising, there are bills that come every single month whether you produce or not. The lights have to be paid, the rent has to be paid. If doctors aren't showing up in the practice, you're not going to have dental supplies and office supplies and lab costs. So when a doctor is not yet an owner in the practice, they are only allocated expenses that we can allocate directly to the production and not expenses that are allocated being an owner. Owner expenses being fixed costs, expenses based on production being our direct costs. So if you refer to the practice transition toolbook, there is a reference chart for the direct expenses and what profit center would pay for each one of them. I want to run through those very quickly so that you understand how that works. We first determine our production ratios. There's a doctor and hygiene ratio, and there's a doctor only ratio, and then there's an expense that only a doctor would pay for. Our rules are that if you benefit from the collections or you benefit from the expense, that doctor shares in that expense. So for example, lab fees. If you're rewarded with your production, you will re be responsible for your lab fees. So the lab fees are a doctor-only expense. The dental supplies, the office supplies, the front desk salaries, and the payroll taxes on all the salaries all benefit all of the doctors and hygiene. The dental assistant salaries benefit strictly just the doctors. And so those expenses are based on just the doctor ratios. So you can see from this chart which expenses are paid for by each different doctor hygiene ratio or doctor doctor ratio. So step three then is to calculate the at-risk pay using our production ratio, our collections, and the direct expenses. Again, this is where you can reference back to the toolbook to follow along with the at-risk calculator. The first thing we will do is allocate the collections. As I mentioned earlier, collections are not tracked to an individual doctor or hygiene, but collections are based on the overall office. We don't want the front desk, 
collecting money for one doctor more than the other. We're in the same boat. If we're not making one doctor's collection, it's going to affect the other doctor. So the first thing that we do is allocate these collections. Since collections are, are allocated to all the doctors in hygiene, we'll allocate to the buying doctor their share of the collections based on their doctor and hygiene ratio. So in this example, they would be allocated 22.4% of all of the collections that came in for that month. We would then subtract from that 30% of the buyer's share of the collections and have that paid back to the seller. This is to cover overhead and compensate the seller as the at-risk owner of the business. Once that is determined, we will subtract the direct expenses based on our production ratios. The lab expense for the associate will be subtracted at 100%. The dental assistant salaries will be subtracted based on the doctor-doctor ratio, or 33%. And then the office supplies, the dental supplies, the front desk salaries, and the payroll taxes will all be subtracted at the associate's doctor and hygiene ratio, or 22.4%. This will then be subtracted and you will determine the income for the associate for the month and how you can pay them. The likelihood of waiting till the end of each month to pay that person means that they won't get paid but once a month. In reality, the way this will work is typically when a doctor moves to at-risk, they will be making more money. So you can set them up on a standard pay for employee just like you always have as an employee. And then once the at-risk is calculated, you subtract out their pay for the month and pay them a bonus on their next paycheck for the amount from the previous month that is still owed to them. This creates a continuing ongoing fixed payment schedule plus the bonus each month so that the doctor is paid and can cover all of their personal expenses. I know that I've just tried to walk you through a complicated calculation for the at-risk scenario. I want to refer you again to the Practice Transition Toolbook so that you can understand how this is calculated and also know that CWA will be there helping you hold your hand and helping you calculate this to make sure this is done correctly in the process for your practice. So as a review, in this podcast series, we learned when is my practice ready to begin looking for an associate. Once hired, we've then learned how we were able to pay them as an employee and then as their production increases, move them to the at-risk phase. In our next podcast series, we will be discussing how your practice is valued and the actual buy-in methodology.